Welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, an integrative health podcast by Center for New Medicine. We created the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast as an extension of our mission to educate and empower individuals along their health journey. This integrative health podcast will bring you in-depth expert interviews on a plethora of health topics. Tune in bi-weekly for interviews on how to create a non-toxic lifestyle, integrative approaches to treating complex health concerns like diabetes, Lyme's, Hashimoto's, Crohn's, adrenal fatigue, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, cancer prevention, early cancer detection, integrative cancer treatments, and so much more. Through the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, we hope to provide cutting-edge, science-based information you can use to create a happier and healthier life for you and your loved ones. Welcome back to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Lindsay, and today we have Justin on the show who works within the hyperbarics area of the Center for New Medicine and Cancer Center for Healing. And today we spend just a quick little show talking about the basics of hyperbarics, who they can benefit, any contraindications, what someone can expect when they're going into a hyperbaric session, and then also why we use hyperbarics for so many of our cancer patients. So with that, please enjoy this interview with Justin. Well, Justin, welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. So we have a little ritual. Everyone's first time on the show, you have to share a little bit of your background. So what is your background? How did you come to be at the center? And then what's the main role that you play here? Sure. So uh, I would say that I started off in uh, detoxification. I um, became a detoxification specialist through uh, Dr. Robert Morse out in uh, Florida. Okay. And so that kind of started me on my journey. And then I met uh, Dr. Jolly, who was oh, the yeah. director of the department at the time. And uh, he's the one who introduced me to hyperbarics. Um, he's really a pioneer in the field. And um, he sent me to school and uh, got me in here at the uh, Center for New Medicine. And I'm very appreciative to him for uh, guiding me along my way and, and teaching me so much. Uh, it's been a real blessing to, to learn from him. Yeah. yeah. So there was actually additional education you had to do just to sure. learn about hyperbarics. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. How long was that? So uh, it's I went to uh, Sharp Grossmont Hospital in San Diego okay. and did a, a week-long intensive program there where you're basically just learning the physics behind hyperbarics. Um, and then after that, uh, you have to accumulate... Um, uh, I believe it was like 500 hours of intern. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it was a process and a bit overwhelming at first, but um, you know, eventually got the hang of it yeah. and, and fell in love with it. I uh, didn't realize it was so intense with all the hours that you had to get yes, in. Yeah. So for anyone now who's maybe like, you know, I've heard the word hyperbarics thrown around, but I don't really know what it is. Can you just give us sort of a clear definition? What is hyperbaric oxygen therapy? Sure. So hyper is more than and baric is referring to the barometric pressure and so 
uh, what we do is we put our patients under pressure that would mimic the same pressure as if you were to go diving, right? The more you swim down, the more pressure you're under. And our patients breathe 100% pure oxygen while they're in there. And so they have to work on equalizing their ears, that type of thing. So it's the pressure that drives any gas into any liquid. So in our case, we're getting oxygen mixed with your blood. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's basically what it entails. We have two different types of chambers, um, one of which you can sit down in, the other of which you can lie down in. But they do the same thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's applying pressure and breathing pure oxygen. So it's not just that you are breathing in the pure oxygen, but then the pressure of the chamber, is it, is it also like forcing it to be absorbed through your skin into the blood? So it's not necessarily through the skin, but okay. it's the mechanism of putting the body under pressure. Okay. It works off the same concept of how you make soda, right? You have to start with water and you have to pressurize that water before you can insert the carbon dioxide gas, okay. right? The bubbles. Mm-hmm. Without the pressure, the two wouldn't mix. Okay. The gas would sit on top of the water. Okay. Yeah. So what are the different applications for hyperbaric therapy? I know here at the center we use it a lot with cancer patients, which we will definitely touch on, but it does seem like there are also other people who can benefit from it. Can you just touch on a little bit of those different applications? Sure, sure. And I say anything to do with healing, really. Um, You know, oxygen is the most important element you need to sustain life, right? Uh, We can go weeks without food, days without water, only seconds without oxygen. Mm It's also the most important element needed for any type of healing to occur, which is why oftentimes people with diabetes will have a hard time healing a wound on their foot. It's because they're not getting the oxygen down to that wound site to promote the healing. So if we were to get them in the chamber, they tend to heal up pretty quickly. Mm. Okay. So the non-healing diabetic wounds, that's a real common uh, treatment for hyperbarics. Um, another common one we see is uh, post-surgery, post-surgical. Okay. Right. Uh, if they come in frequently enough, we say we can cut the healing time by up to 50%. Wow. Yeah. So, so then I imagine you get a lot of just other types of injuries, maybe it, even athletes. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Athletes is another big one. You know, they want to get back in the game that much faster. Uh, hyperbarics is known to help reduce inflammation, uh, definitely speed up the healing process. Um, even concussions from the athletes is, oh, is a real common thing. I've and had five of those. So. Oh my, we got to get you in. <laughs> I need to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, that has really massive implications because we think about, sure, you're going through something like cancer or you had a really intense surgery. It makes sense that you want to support your body more. But I even think about just the average individual. Maybe they herniate a disc and they're out of work or they sprain an ankle or something happens you can, like you said, cut that healing time in half. That can have a dramatic impact mm-hmm. on your life, on getting back to work, whatever it is. So that's it's really exciting to hear that, that it actually has such a broad application. Yes. Yeah. I've seen a lot of amazing things happen there. Yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to be part of it. Let's dive just a little bit deeper into more of the benefits of hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So we know oxygen helps with healing what is it happening in that process? What is the oxygen doing? Is it helping deliver the fresh blood cells to the wound site? How does it help reduce the inflammation? Let's break it down a little bit more. Sure. So basically, it's it's the pressure that helps reduce that inflammation, right? Okay. Like you mentioned, like a, a sprained ankle. Um, 
I've had one uh, athlete who's come in um, really swollen ankle and you can actually see the inflammation go down oh, inside wow. the chamber. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, and then again, it's, uh, so let me, let me explain it this way. At normal atmospheric pressure, it's only the hemoglobin that carries oxygen, right? Your hemoglobin right. only accounts about 15% of your entire blood volume. So it's a relatively small amount of blood that actually carries oxygen. Okay. And um, that's what gets measured on that pulse oximeter, right? Mm -hmm. If you put that device on your finger, most people are pretty well saturated. High 90s is, is most common, mm -hmm. right? So if I were to just give you uh, pure oxygen, it's not going to be all that beneficial, right? Uh, maybe raise it a couple points. Mm -hmm. But it's the act of putting the body under pressure that forces that oxygen into the other 85% of your blood that would normally never carry it. Okay. So that's where the real therapeutic value comes in and the, uh, the pressure, you know, it's, it's driving it into not, not just all of your blood, but all of your bodily fluids. Mm -hmm. So your uh, saliva, lymphatic fluid, spinal fluid, everything is greatly enriched with oxygen. Hmm. That makes me wonder if it's also good at all for infections if you're getting that oxygen let's say you're dealing with some liver parasites or intestinal parasites sure yeah yeah all those things are anaerobic right yeah. so they don't like the oxygen yeah yeah okay so then let's break down hyperbaric for cancer patients sure how is this something that we're using for all cancer patients or is it sort of like there's a really specific instance where we would use it if so what is it so the nice thing here is they do that testing, right? The RGCC testing, so they can identify uh, for which patient and which cancer um, will have the best treatment outcome for each treatment. So um, some patients uh, have oxygen as a very vital role in their treatment and others don't, but okay. that's the nice thing is having that, that testing to find out that way you can really tailor the, uh, the protocol. Mm -hmm. When it comes to um, cancer, I'd like to refer back to Dr. Otto Warburg's work. He got a Nobel Prize in medicine for finding that cancer cells are very similar to fungus mm -hmm. and that they don't like oxygen. So he's found that um, when you increase the environment with oxygen, the cancer cells don't like that. They cannot uh, multiply nearly as much, right? Mm -hmm. um, another thing that's beneficial is the high doses of oxygen cause you to burn more sugar. So there's less available sugar for those uh, cancer cells to eat up. And that's oh. what they like to thrive off of. Okay, right? so it's kind of a dual mechanism there. Exactly, okay. exactly. The other thing of note uh, for cancer patients is if they have undergone radiation, hyperbarics is the only known treatment for radiation damage. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I've actually never heard of that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, uh, radionecrosis is a side effect okay. of, of the radiation treatment. It's like death or damage to that tissue from that radiation. Mm -hmm. And hyperbarics is like breathing life back into those damaged cells. Wow. So you have you had some actual instances of patients coming in after radiation, maybe had that severe skin damage yes. and seeing the noticeable difference? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then on a side note is you can also utilize hyperbarics in conjunction with the radiation and that way you can help alleviate that damage oh. and, or not even get to that point mm -hmm. of that damage, right? Okay. So you're not, you're actually, you're not waiting until radiation exactly. is over. You're doing them sort of hand in hand. Exactly. Wow, that is yep. phenomenal. I'm yep. so glad that you shared that.
So a couple final things. One, are there any contraindications? Are there any people who really shouldn't be doing hyperbarics for any reason? If so, why? Sure. So uh, the first is probably um, high blood pressure that's not being kept in check. The um, pressure that bears down on your body is also bearing down on your venous system, uh, temporarily causing your blood pressure to go up. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that it's not too high before we get you in. Okay. Um, but the nice thing here is we have a lot of uh, treatments that can help bring that blood pressure down and, and help people get into the chamber. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, there are certain chemo agents that are considered contraindications, uh, but we just allow some time in between the chemo and the hyperbaric treatment, and mm -hmm. that's sufficient. Mm -hmm. um, certain uh, breathing conditions like COPD would, would be considered a contraindication. Um, asthma, if it's, if it's pretty bad flare up, that type of stuff, okay. I would recommend that you not go in the chamber. What about if they had any kind of, I'm thinking of like a pacemaker or any kind of, um, implants of any kind, does it interfere with that? Not if it's a recent pacemaker. Some of the older ones aren't able to withstand the pressure. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one thing we would follow up with the, the doctor or the manufacturer of the pacemaker and make sure that it could withstand the pressure. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, uh, it wouldn't necessarily be contraindication. And I imagine those are all checks you're doing before anyone even gets exactly. in, of course. Exactly. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. And then one of the questions I wanted to ask is, what can someone expect in general? Is there sort of like a minimum number of hyperbaric treatments that you're seeing people need? Is there a maximum number? Is it all over the place? It is. It, it's really dependent upon what you're coming in for, the severity of it. Um, to give you an example, I've had one patient who came in like 48 hours after a stroke and she got away with a handful of treatments and had a complete recovery. Wow. Um, another example would be a more severe traumatic brain injury that happened years prior. And you know they went through a large number of, mm -hmm. of treatments. Okay. So that's something that the doctor is really working with to see what's going to be Correct. the most beneficial. And exactly. then how frequently can you do the treatments? Is it something where it's like, okay, my doctor's recommended five treatments. I'm going to go in for a week, five days in a row. Or is it more like I go in once a week for five weeks in a row? That's, um, so you can definitely do it every day. Okay. And so a lot of like our cosmetic surgery patients will come in and they want to recover really fast so they can get back to work. Um, and so, yeah, they'll hit it really hard, like every other day or every day. Mm -hmm. um, again, depending upon what you're coming in for, if you're like a more prolonged uh, number of treatments, oftentimes like traumatic brain injuries, they'll recommend uh, 40 sessions and then take a break. Uh, a lot of times they'll do like every other day. Mm -hmm. So ideally Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, there's a cumulative effect and if you get too big of a gap in between, you kind of lose that. Okay. So it's not common that they would just come in once a week. Okay. Um, there is a process of angiogenesis, which is the growth of new capillaries. And that happens during a series of treatments, uh, which is very beneficial for the traumatic brain injuries, concussions, things of that nature. And so we like to keep them close together so they can get that benefit. Mm hmm Okay, and then last question, and I promise I'll let you go, but what can someone expect when they're coming in for a hyperbaric treatment? What Just walk us through the process a little bit so people can start to get more of a feel for it. Sure, sure. 
most people come in a bit apprehensive. Yeah, you know? I imagine. Nobody's uh, too keen about being enclosed in a small environment. Um, but we do have an entertainment system. So having a good movie really helps most people get through it. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I like the lie down chamber because I can see all the way out of it. It's mainly acrylic. And so that really helps me uh, power through the treatment. But um, what you can expect is having to equalize your ears, just like flying on an airplane, Mm -hmm. right? Especially when you come in for a landing. So the yawning, swallowing, the popping and crackling of the ears, um, you know, that's something we can't get around. And you just have to kind of go through. Um, so that tends to be the biggest complaint is, uh, having to deal with that. And sometimes having after the treatment, having that fullness sensation or that continued popping and crackling. But after a time or two, most patients realize there's not much to it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them can actually look forward to coming in and enjoying their, their hour of a solitude. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I forgot to ask, oh, it's an hour. So that's how long are they always an hour? Most common is an hour. Uh, the most we do is an hour and a half. Okay. Got it. Well, Justin, thank you so much for coming in. We'll definitely have to have you on again to really maybe dive into this far more in depth, but we just appreciate it so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah.